0: Joining us now, Al. Are you there now? I am here. Yeah. Well, we're glad to have you. Uh, don't don't know why you you popped out again, but I think we got the phone system fixed. How are things over in Heartland? It's it's a balmy three below here.
1: Yeah, it's it, you know it's really nice. I think uh, I I went for a walk, and I I think it's it's really nice. But then. Uh, you know, in my family, normal's just a setting on the washing <laughs> machine. So it just—you really can't go by me. And I'm just—I'm uh, just so thankful every day that I'm allowed to go for a walk. That uh, I look at it a different way. And plus, I don't have to shovel the cold. It took forever to get all shoveled out yesterday, and it was just a, a full-time job getting all the snow out of the drive and everything. That was really a lot of it. So it's, the cold is, uh, you know, we all hear that. Some say it was the Norwegians that said it, some said it was the Swedes, some say it was the Finns, some said it was just Minnesotans, that there is no such thing as bad winter, just bad clothing. And uh, boy, there's a lot to that. And I layer up, put on a couple different layers, and I'm I'm happy being outside. Just, you know, I I think I'm like a lot of people. As long as I can keep my feet warm, I'm, I'm good. <laughs>
0: well, I for just... me, it's my hands. The the feet, you know, is one thing, but the hands too, because my that's the first thing that gets really cold. I was even noticing this. Just notice came up on my my computer. They're having a warming a 24-hour warming center for those in need in North Mankato at the police annex, which I think is a great deal because while we may say we like it, we've got you know a house to go to and some warm clothes, but not everybody does, so it says if you find yourselves in a need of emergency shelter and heat during the forecasted dangerously cold temps, you can go to the warming house at the North Mankato police annex. Oh. And so that's really great because boy, it's, it's uh, dangerously cold. How about the birds, do, do they suffer from frostbite?
1: Um, not too bad. You know, it certainly burns up a lot of energy for them. So they, the only one I think of is sometimes members of the, the dove family, maybe morning doves, will uh, can freeze their feet. And chickens, for those folks who have chickens or raise chickens, if you have a place where there's no heat, they can certainly freeze their feet and also their combs. Hmm. so i would and there are some things that can happen to birds but for the most part like the little chickadee i'm looking at right now he's he's made for here he's better suited for here than we are so he he can do all right as long as he gets enough fuel and that's the secret to them and if he has a place where he can he can hide pretty well uh, find a place out of the wind and the cold and and of course away from predators that's the one thing that they have kind of Going against them is that things want to eat them. Speaking of chickens, somebody asked. Got a nice email from somebody said, "Do chickens sing?" And you know, I think they do. Uh, chickens make a wide range of sounds. They communicate with one another. Uh, roosters sing loudly. That's a song, I think, when they crow, and then they do this little sing-songy thing when they want hens to come over and share whatever tasty treat the rooster wishes to share. And hens will do that little clucking and singing to their chicks when they want them to come and follow the hen or come and eat something. And if anybody's ever heard a hen right after they lay an egg, they they (laughs) cackle. They they just seem so happy. Maybe they're happy it's over with. I don't know. But they have this great cackle after laying an egg. And uh, you know, I think it's singing and it's better singing than I hear from many humans including myself
0: so well, I, Al, I just after i yeah. had had my boys you know one was almost nine pounds i I don't know if I was cackling i was i was relieved however though <laughs> it's
1: kind of like the you, same you, thing who <laughs> did you sing at all or
0: I think I just wanted to go to sleep <laughs>
1: <laughs> go on, book, 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 I, <laughs> I think that's a, a song, though, don't you? Chickens? I think it's
0: you, you know it's, with any kind of music, al it's it's in the ear of the beholder because there's some music that I don't think is music, and then I'm sure stuff I listen to other people think is not music. So I think it's if you were another chicken, it was it's probably beautiful.
1: Yeah, I agree. And uh, when I was talking about where the little chickadees Roost, somebody uh, somebody, my wife that she's much more than somebody uh asked where do bald eagles roost during the Minnesota winters? We're going uh along the Minnesota River, You know we're looking at birds and things, and of course it was so cold and we look up and here's an eagle up there uh young eagle didn't have any white head or tail yet, and it's oh, it's just about dark, and there he is teed up right on the top of this tree well you wonder about them. You say, well, you don't want to stay right on top of that tree all night. The wind would get at you. So where do they go? Well, Bald eagles find shelter in protective areas, as you might expect. So they can find kind of brushy area, a tree with a lot of branches. I would think around here conifers would be the the thing for them. And that reduces exposure to winds and these microclimates will hold heat more efficiently than do open spaces. And an eagle has 7,000 to 7,200 feathers they told me at the American Bald Eagle Foundation. So and they are effective insulators and you know a an eagle's a big bird so that large size that helps retain heat too. So they they make it here. Man, I don't know how I had so many appointments and things yesterday they canceled them all. I had so many today they canceled them all except KMSU they stuck in there but everything else was pretty much canceled. Uh tomorrow uh, they canceled all but one thing for me. So a bald eagle can't do that just say, you know, I'm just I'm going to cancel everything today or they're going to cancel me so I'm just going to hunker down. They they have to stay in great shape in the cold and it's amazing to me every day and again I'm the I'm the biggest fan of chickadees I am a chickadee cheerleader and when I see those little guys where you can take three of them put them in an envelope and mail them for one forever stamp (laughs) it's incredible how they survive and not only survive but prosper they've done well forever and I just i I'm just mystified. I, I, I mean, I know how they do it, and it's easy to say, well, this is how they do it, but, boy, and to really get out there and do it. If you uh, are in some areas where the crashing temperatures painted frost patterns on window glass, just stop and look at some of that. I was looking at some the other day, and they look like ghostly plants and feathers on the window. They were just so incredible. So I took, uh, I don't know how many photos, Uh, none of them came close to catching the beauty of that on the window glass. And it was, uh, it's just fun to see nature's art like that. I'm watching a red-bellied woodpecker fly into the suet feeder, even as I speak here. And it's a male. I can tell because he has a red crown and then red nape. And the female has a red nate but lacks a red crown. And I have a pair of cardinals at another feeder here right now. And it's time I look at a cardinal. I'm reminded why I am a card-carrying birder. And when I was outside uh, earlier today, a squirrel chattered at me the entire time I filled the feeders. The whole time. I don't know when he took a breath. Just the whole time. I don't... I thought there was something else that was bothering him, but no, apparently it was me. I'm a guy. Whenever I think it might be me, it is me. I I don't have to think twice. And I like squirrels, even though they can be hard on a feeder sometimes. But I think it's as the psalmist said, harden not your hearts. And I reckon that applies to all things, and all things certainly include squirrels. I, and you probably saw this and, and maybe talked about it, Karen, if I missed it, uh, you know, like I say, we received 8 to 143 inches of snow yesterday when I was moving it <laughs> all anyway. And most of it parked illegally, I might say. But it reminded me that Harmony, I love Harmony, Minnesota, that they set the state annual precipitation record by receiving 60.21 inches in 2018. And that crushed the old record uh, of 56.24 inches set by Waseca in 2016. So we've set two records, 2016-2018. Christopher Burke of Mankato saw some robins. Craig Raymond of Glenville saw a pileated woodpecker in Glenville. And he said he's lived there pretty much all his life, except for college. it's the first one he's ever seen there. So he said, boy, it was really neat seeing it. Uh, Chan Hines of Mankato went out birding with uh, five other people on Saturday. He said, uh, beautiful snow and cold. They saw a northern shrike, a rough-legged hawk, a purple finch, American robin, horned lark, pine siskin, common grackle, brown-headed cowbird, and American tree sparrow. Ryan Shackleton said he saw several large flocks of horn larks this morning, easily 200 birds, and lots of snow buntings as well. Uh, Denny Galligan of Albert Lee assured me that winter is half over. He called me just say, "Al," he said, "winter is half over." And I said, how do, you, "How do you know that?" He said, "I saw a chipmunk in his yard,
0: oh. and it was
1: <laughs> yeah, it was really cold too." But Denny, that's how he marks the midpoint of winter is when he sees that chipmunk. But I I see them on warm days, but, oh, that was a nasty day when it was out. Uh, Marion Ball of Faribault said, I've been excited to see large numbers of cardinals and morning doves at my feeder. I used to have 20 to 30 doves in my trees, but that number went downhill once they were declared game birds. Really? For an ounce of breast meat? I love them because they are so calm and peaceful. They don't scatter every time I walk by the window. I wish I had windows where I could just sit and watch my birdies, but not in this house. When and if I ever have to go to the home, windows that look out to bird feeders will be a requirement. I also get the occasional pillated woodpecker, but they prefer my neighbor's feeders. Maybe that's okay because they are voracious eaters, just so they come visit occasionally. Then there are squirrels. Oh, well. I made peace with them long ago and enjoy watching them, too. My daughter lives in Cobblestone Lake Development in Apple Valley, where they have several white squirrels. I'll send you some pictures of her unique squirrel feeders. And I, <clears throat> she sent me some. Of their large pumpkins and things that she's cut holes in and hollowed them out. So the squirrels go in. She puts food inside there, and the squirrels go inside and sit in there and eat. And, yeah, they're beautiful white squirrels. She sent some photos of them. Uh, Dwayne Hamer of Brownsdale, uh, he said, uh, you know, spring will be here soon because, boy, we're an optimistic lot. And he said, you know, the first sign of spring, he was a rural carrier for many, many years. And he said the first sign of spring to him is the killdeer. So when the killdeer comes back, it doesn't lie about the weather, like robins and some other things will. So. Uh, Greg Tellier. Uh, Greg is from British Columbia and he was oh he was referencing a show we did back oh probably in early summer or late spring. And he said interesting observations about cardinals and reflection in mirrors. Uh, Terry and I have both witnessed on a number of occasions the mountain bluebirds attacking the truck windows (laughs) and also the American robin attacking them. On a number of occasions, usually in the springtime, they spend days attacking the mirrors and windows of our truck. They also leave quite a mess for the owners to clean up after them. He said, I cover uh, the mirror with a hat, the outside mirror of the truck with a hat i have put uh, uh bags plastic bags over them greg and then i put a rubber band to hold them in place uh you know the only thing is you got to remember to take them off when you take off down the highway um i don't know what a policeman would say <laughs> if you're driving down the road and he sees that on there and
0: well al good,
1: so you got it i have never the urine. It'll be good.
0: i have never had a bird attack my mirror. So I, I didn't think even know that was a, a thing. And my question, are they attacking the one that says the objects are nearer than in the mirror than they actually are or something like that? Which one do they prefer?
1: I don't think they care as <laughs> they long as care. they see, see one in there. And I think they probably want one that will be uh, life-size anyway so they can uh, see that in there and say, you know, that's another cardinal or that's another robin and I'm going to I'm going to kick his rear end out of this territory. So, I had a 1959 Rambler Classic, and I put baby moon hubcaps on it to really make it look like a hot rod. And the mirrors on that just drove birds nuts. I don't know if there was a sign on those mirrors in bird language that said, kick me or <laughs> what it was, but they would... Uh, they just attack it all the time and I would put in those days I put brown paper bags over them and just uh I I think I was more concerned that they were pooping all over my car <laughs> than I was about their activities. Uh Jim shook. Jim lives in Haines, Alaska and listens from there and thank you Jim I appreciate that very very much. He sent me a photo of a black-billed magpie and a stellar's jay that he had taken not even in his backyard. They come to his deck where he has a feeder every day. Uh, Greg Beamer, Uh, Greg uh, used to live around here, and now he is in Arkansas, uh, living there full time, and uh, listens when he can down there, and I appreciate it, Greg. He said, hi, Al, I have a question for you. What is the estimated effect of house cats on the bird population? Greg, this is from the American Bird Conservancy, and it says, to quote them, predation by domestic cats is the number one direct human-caused threat to birds in the United States and Canada. In the United States alone, outdoor cats kill approximately 2.4 billion birds every year. That's billion with a B. Uh, Kent Ron of Albert Lee said, Hi Al, I thought you might enjoy reading this article about tens of thousands of birds migrating over the Florida Keys, including over 3,500 peregrines. Some interesting facts about how the peregrines can reach nearly 200 miles per hour when they dive. Yeah, It was from the Washington Post, and, and thank you Kent, I appreciate it very much. the Part of the story that really... Uh, it's just amazing number of the birds, of course, but was it merlins. Merlins are little guys, uh, like kestrel size, and they will attack peregrine falcons. They Merlins are, oh, we all know, you know, as a guy, there was always a little guy that would just have that attitude. He, he just, oh, you know, he, he was willing to... My dad would say he would fight at the drop of the hat. And they just, I had a cousin. He was just, i he wasn't belligerent, but he wouldn't give an inch on anything ever. He just didn't want to argue with him because he would never give up. And that's the Merlin. They just have this attitude that they they don't care how big somebody is, how fearsome they are. They're, they're going to tangle with them. It just seems that they have determined that's their job. The Great Backyard Bird Count is uh, February 15th through the 18th this year. And if you have ever thought maybe you'd like to be involved in a citizen science project, this is from the Cornell Lab of Ornithology. And it just go to Great Backyard Bird Count. If you type that in, it will take you right to it. Uh, if... It's all you have to do, it's pretty simple, You, you count birds for at least 15 minutes on one of those days. You can do it for longer, you can do it on every day, but 15 minutes on one of those days, February 15th, 16th, 17th, or 18th, count birds in as many places and as many days as you like, and then you submit a separate checklist for each new day or each new location. And it, it's a, a fun thing to do, especially if there's uh, kids involved in it, and you can put these in, and then you get all these information and numbers from all the different areas of what kind of birds they're seeing. So it's a, a pretty cool thing, and I highly recommend it. You know, and, Al,
0: the reason I've never done that is because I'm always afraid I, I'll misidentify them, and then it will skew the, the numbers because sometimes I'm really not certain. So that's why I... I Will not do that because I just don't feel confident in my bird identifying abilities. So I I, I don't know how do you get over that.
1: I would uh, go off and get a degree in ornithology. Oh, okay. <laughs> as soon as possible, and yeah, it's um, a lot of times if you have somebody that uh, is pretty knowledgeable about birds and they can join you for you know a day or something at counting stuff and. The, that's all it would take if you're just counting the backyard stuff about that long, and you'd you'd be set. A couple hours, you'd know them all. So really? Okay. Any problem? Yeah, I think so. Otherwise, that ornithology degree, I think, would.
0: Al, uh, I might have be... to have you come and and hang out with me in my yard someday and just sit with you, sure. and, and then maybe we can. Happy
1: to do that.
0: Yeah, because I see someone, I I say I think it's a junco, but I'm not sure, and my kids will go, "Is that a sparrow?" And I'm I say, "Uh, maybe." So, yeah, and I get books and I look at the pictures in the books and they don't always look exactly the same. So that's where I get confused, especially some books. They'll have the the, the sketches, some books have the pictures, and they aren't always posed exactly the same as they are when I see them.
1: None of them look like they do in the book, I don't think so, especially photos. I, I just looked at my passport photo. And I've always smiled at passport photos. I know you're not supposed to. <laughs> I do, somewhere
0: too. Somewhere <laughs> in the fine print it
1: says, don't smile, because <laughs> if they look at your passport photo, you're not going to be smiling when they're looking at it. <laughs> well, I've always smiled. And this time, the gal was saying, do not smile. That, really? I mean, don't smile. Yeah. Why? Oh, that's terrible. So I think so, too. So now I'm looking at this glum-looking fella on my passport, <laughs> and I say, oh, I don't believe I'd let him in my country. Oh. I think he's up to... He's is trouble right on there, and I'm sure it's coded somewhere on there that they should keep an eye on me. But I don't... I probably... I'm sure I look just like that, but I don't think I do. <laughs> when I look at that, I say... Well, that's, that's not, not me? me. <laughs> no. And that's... I kind of think that's the way birds are. When uh, And photos, to me, are real tough in books because it's hard to catch everything about a bird in a photo. Mm-hmm. And I like drawings and paintings better because it's it's more easy, it's easier to point an arrow at something when you're drawing and say, here's what you need to look for. This might be on some birds, but not all birds. Well, If you take a photo, this bird has that color and the next nine of the same species you see does not have that color, and it it just throws you for a loop, I think. But I, I, I know everybody has a preference. I have friends who just say photos are the best way to go. I got an interesting e- Well, every email I get is interesting, I think, except the ones that want me to uh, update my website and get 10 million. That's not so interesting. But this one is from somebody said, Uh, Oh, I love questions that begin with my grandfather said. They're always good. And this one said, my grandfather said that dogs with floppy ears make the best trackers. Is he right? Karen, there's no cats with floppy ears. What's up with that? There ought to be a floppy ear.
0: There are some with folded ears. You know, there's the American curl and the Scottish fold, but they wouldn't be considered floppy, I suppose. They're just kind of droopy looking.
1: I think if somebody could breed a cat with floppy ears, <laughs> they would really be <laughs> onto something there, and just get untold fortunes would come their way. Well, I grew up with uh, a neighbor had coon hounds and uh, red bones and all these uh, and they all had these big floppy ears and that boo br- boo br- br- voice, yeah, and this um young woman said, is grandpa right? Well, of course he's right. Grandfathers are always right. Everybody just needs to accept that and get on with their lives. Just listen to your grandpa. He's he's right, or at least he thinks he is. Uh, Beagles. I love beagles. Basset hounds, bloodhounds, coon hounds. What do they have in common? They're all exceptionally good trackers. These are the dogs you want to track something if you're looking for it. And That's partially because they have these long, floppy ears, and if you watch, I watched a beagle one day and got his nose just buried in the grass and dirt, and its ears are right down there flopping around at the top of the grass or sometimes even hitting the dirt when it's way down there. So these long, floppy ears will scoop up scent particles and send them toward the nose. It's just amazing. So, and long ears, <clears throat> I would think, might limit a dog's ability to hear distant sounds. So, it's got these big ears, It's not hearing a lot of things, and that forces the canines to rely more on a sense of smell and makes them even better trackers. So I, I just, I think dog is so cool. But I'm still gonna, I'm gonna be looking for those floppy-eared cats. I hope everyone if you do get out today and if you don't have to, you know, just take a, a take a cold day. That's what Minnesotans <laughs> need. Not a not a cold illness, but just a cold day like the kids get from school. Uh, I imagine there are some workers that are getting that. But if you're around, come to the cafe where the food chain is missing a few links. The special is always a high make maneuver and gravy's considered a beverage and now featuring authentic leftovers with less hair in the food and real cup holders. Where grease is good and all the food smells like feed. Well, hardly any. The other day, I had both hands on the wheel and my shoulders reared back, just as Roger Miller had sung in that song, Do Do." and a car passed me, as if I were backing up. And about 20 minutes later, it passed me again. I, I, this time as though I was stopped. And I figured it had circled the globe in that time and came around and passed me. And I looked for it in another 20 minutes, but I didn't see it. I was taking a highway out of town when I was stopped by a policeman who made me return it. I turned off the highway and drove down a commercial strip of a city. Auto parts stores had proliferated there. And I wondered, how do they all survive? There's so many of them there. It's got to be tough. It because it seems as if everyone has a newer car than I do. I bet a lot of you feel that way, don't you? You drive down the road and you say, oh, look at these cars. I'm driving a a, a heap of bolts here. Mine's a junker. <laughs> but I read a report by an auto industry analyst who found the average age of light vehicles on U.S. roads was 12.1 years. I believe this was 2017 when this report, 12.1 years. We grow tired of automobiles before they wear out, and all those replacement parts keep older cars passing me. Al? Remember, folks? Yeah. I,
0: I want to ask you, how old is your car?
1: Uh, mine isn't that old. It's 2015.
0: Oh, wow. Well, see, I've got a 2009 and we've got a 2006, so I guess... Um, the average car I read in America is something like 11 years old, so I'm not quite average yet. 12.1
1: here in 2017, so yours is about the 2006 is pretty close. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, I'm amazed, because doesn't it seem like it when you're driving down the road? You, you're always getting passed by something. You say, boy, you must have just got that from the dealership. <laughs> Maybe it's because theirs are clean, and mine is always has that uh, salt crust gravel road yeah gravel road look yeah it just and i i do what you know when i get an oil change i wash my car so that's the kind of guy i am but boy sometimes i wash it and by the time i get home it's all dirty again yeah. i don't know it just seems Remember, folks, heart on us, well worth driving past. Uh, do something wild today. Get out there and look at a bird. And, hey, be careful. And Thank you, Karen, for your wonderful company.
0: Hey, thank you, Alan. we will be back again next week. Until then, stay warm. All right, bye-bye. All right, bye-bye.